Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. So our Songs of Songs says this, and this is the uh, kind of the base scripture. If you weren't here last week, I'll just... Uh, bring you up to speed. You can always get these messages online during the week. Jump, Download the um, Podbean app on your phone, and then you can search up C3 Church Topo on Podbean, and all of our Sunday messages are on there, so you can subscribe to it, listen to them again during the week. They pop up on Facebook. You can share them with your friends who weren't at church, um, just so everyone can be participants in the great work that God is doing. But Songs of Songs or Songs of Solomon 2.15 says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. Catch the little things that make a big mess, is what they're saying here. Go into the vineyard, go into your life, and catch the little things that are going to make a big mess. So last week and over the next weeks to come, we're going to look at Catching the fox. And uh, each service, last week we looked at catching the worry fox. Sneaky little thing it is. Gets in there and gets us all concerned and wound up and anxious about things. And uh, that we catch the, the, the anxious fox by prayer because we're told don't worry, pray. And uh, God has an antidote or a remedy for the human condition. Which is great because He made us, He understands us. So we don't serve this God who has no attachment or no, you know, kind of understanding of humanity. In fact, it's the opposite. We have a high priest in Jesus Christ who was fully God and fully man and was tempted in every way, yet he was found without sin. So therefore, we have a high priest who does get us, thank you Jesus, and who does understand us and who does have compassion for us. And, and when we go to him, when we're feeling down or feeling troubled, he gets it. He's like, I, know, I felt that one. I was anxious. I had to carry the cross. You know, I was worried. I, I, I was fearful. I had things going on in my life too, but I made it through. And so we're going to catch little foxes over the next month that are going to set us free, maybe in our thinking or in our actions, in our spiritual world. And they're just little foxes. Sometimes little things cast big shadows, but they're not always big. And so we're going to catch foxes. And it's having a fox in your vineyard, I liken to having a stone in your boot. Like, you can walk a long way with a heavy pack, but you can't walk a long way with a heavy pack with a stone in your boot. And if you got the pack, you know, a big tramper's pack, those things are like 20 or 30 kilos, and we sat it here, not that I'd put it on this piano, Brent Simpson, but if we did, just saying, on a cloth, um, you know, and we put this big pack here, and I got the stone, and I put the stone next to the pack, you'd, like, there's... It's totally disproportionate, the size of the pack and the size of the stone. You should say the pack should be the problem, but that little stone positioned in just the right spot in your boot is going to wear you out far quicker than the huge pack positioned on your back. 
and you're designed to carry load. We're all designed to carry a load, to carry the call of God, to carry our destiny and our future and our marriages and our businesses and our relationships. All of these things have a certain weight to them. School principals in particular, Mr. Lovelock. You know, these things, they, these, we have jobs and careers with weight, and it's, it's a good weight. It's a weight of responsibility, a weight... You know, the, the burden of, of marriage and looking after your family. It, it's good weight to have, and men, you should carry it gladly and cheerfully. But it's no good when that you're carrying all the weight, but there's a little stone in your boot, and right at the end of your toe, because, you know, a limp turns into a hobble, and a hobble turns into, you know, like a, a crawl, and before you know it, you can't go on, not because of the pack, but because of the stone in the boot. And so the fox is like the stone in the boot. Sometimes, or all the time, it's just a matter of stopping and realizing, hey, the pack isn't the problem, my, my marriage isn't the problem, my job isn't the problem, my relationships isn't the problem. Maybe the problem is just my attitude. Maybe the problem is I'm just worrying. Maybe the problem is I'm just insecure about someone being better at the same job as me. And that little insecurity actually doesn't, just slow us down. It can grind us to a, a halt. So as we catch these foxes and these services, we're going to take time to reflect on our lives and let the Holy Spirit enlighten us because that's what He does. He like literally turns the light on in our mind. And we're like, oh, that sneaky little fox. It made such a mess. And it was just a little bit of worry, or it was just a little bit of anxiety, or it was a little bit of insecurity, or it was a, a little bit of anger. And when we see it, it's so easy. You just take your shoe off, and you, you shake it around for a while, and then out comes a stone. You naughty little stone. And you, you put your boot on, and you carry on. But if we fail to stop, if we, fa if we fail to diligently look after our vineyard, or diligently look after what has been entrusted to us, and sometimes it's a one-hit wonder, but often, you know, you'll get another stone in your boot. And it's okay. It's not a failure. These things aren't failures. This is dealing with our humanity, which is okay, because we've all got it. But God's Holy Spirit helps us be the best humans we can possibly be. He's so wonderful like that. It's, you know, for ages at home, we had a squeaky bathroom door. And I was actually proud of myself for how long I put up with the squeaking door. I was like, Mark, your long suffering is exceptional. But um, all it took was for me to, to go one day, and I think I just went to the kitchen cupboard and got the olive oil, and I just put a little bit of oil on each hinge, and I wiggled it back and forth and a little bit more, and now that door swings like a treat, like it's just, just a touch, and it shuts without squeaking and and mucking around, and you, we don't need to go and rub oil all over the door. Like, no, you just need to apply it where it's needed. Sam the Bushman, he just knows that as long as there's oil on his chain and a little bit in the petrol, that saw is going to perform all day, every day. Sharp blade doesn't need to cover the whole thing. Like in your car, if, if your car needs oil, you don't stand on the roof and pour oil all over the roof, just hoping that maybe somehow it's going to get to where it needs to be. You've got to pop the hood and get into where the engine is, pour oil into the spot. And 
You know, often we can come to church and we worship and we're in the presence of God and He's all around us, but we just won't pop the hood and let Him into that little spot. So we're going to pop the hood this morning. You know, because we, we, we're good at it. We're good at church and we're good at worship and we, so we should be. We're worshiping God like He's awesome. But we can leave church relatively unchanged. We can leave feeling a bit better, maybe an emotional lift and and a a spiritual lift, but we still, nonetheless, we can leave the presence of God relatively unchanged because we kind of just poured oil over the car, but we didn't pop the hood and actually let the oil get into where it needed to get in. We didn't, you know, we jumped around and we, and we kind of hobbled in and we, we hobbled back out because we didn't just take the boot off and shake out the stone. So we're catching foxes this month. And this series is designed to help you identify and hopefully just give you some practical tools that you can use to catch foxes in your life. And I just call it building traps, that we're going to build traps to catch foxes. And we're going to kill the fox. We're not going to release it into the wild to return. We're going to deal with it. Because I don't want you to live with a fox in your head or a head full of foxes. It drives you crazy. You can't sleep. You can't work. You can't focus because your mind runs a million miles an hour. It's like there's a fox on a, a treadmill in there spinning your brains. You want to focus at work, but you're your mind's everywhere. You want to sleep at night and you know you're tired, but your mind is just, you know, counting the imperfections in the ceiling. Because in, there's foxes in us and they get in our vineyard and they cause a mess. But we catch these foxes and we deal with them. And by the power of God's Holy Spirit, He's going to show us what they are. And we're going to deal with them. And we're not going to give away any more mental real estate for foxes to build homes. The eviction notice is coming. Time is up. You're gone. Mortgagee sale. I'm putting you out of business. The fox business is out of business in this life. And the fox business is out of business in your life. You don't have to beat yourself up any longer. You don't have to live with it because you did or because you didn't. Jesus Christ came to set you free, that you may be free often from yourself, from your own guilt, from your own fear, from your own anxiety, for your own shortfallings. He came to set us free from sin, but He also has to set you free from your own troubles. You don't have to carry them because you think you deserve it. And get your thoughts living in the right neighborhood on the good street with a great view. So... um. Today, we, last week, we talked about catching, like I said, the worry fox. And we catch the worry fox by praying because prayer shifts our focus from the problem to the answer. We don't pray to the problem. We pray to God. And when we pray to God, we see God. When we see God, we're so grateful that He's God and we are not. He's brilliant at doing His job. But today, we're going to catch the insecure fox. Now, I find the insecure fox is a particularly sneaky fox, and it infiltrates workplaces, marriages, relationships, and its work is evident all through the Bible. Like from Genesis all the way through to the New Testament, you see the insecurity fox 
sneaking in and disrupting and dislodging and turning people on each other and stopping people from walking in, in the fullness of the call of God that is on our lives. Cain and Abel, classic insecurity moment. Where one brought a better offering to God than the other, and Cain fell apart because of it. Saul and David, when they came back from war, and the, all the ladies are singing. You know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. Oh, what? He's, I'm only thousands, and, and he's tens of thousands. Insecurity exploded in King Saul's life. When the Israelites sent spies into the promised land, they came back filled with insecurity. The disciples fought with one another at who was going to sit at the right hand of Jesus. Who's the most important? Who's going to get the seat right next to the boss? Paul even addresses it in his Bible. He says, never take, never take the front seat. Just sit at the back. Don't promote yourself. Don't self-inflate yourself. Don't let your insecurity blow, blow you into this person that you're not. He said, let someone tell you to sit at the front. Because if you sit at the front and then get asked to sit at the back, that'll really deal with your insecurities. But it gets into us. And it's, we get comparing our lives against other people's lives, our gifts against other people's gifts, our image against other people's image. And the 12 spies, it happened to them, they went into the promised land, and now they went in as spies. And what is the number one thing a spy doesn't want to get? Thank you, caught. So you got to, no one saw them in the land. They were spies in the land. They went across, you know, undercover to see what was in the land. And they didn't get chased out of the land. Well, they didn't come running down, you know, oh, there's giants after us. No, they came out carrying the produce of the land. Massive, like, and like grapes, bunches so big, they were carried on a rod between two men's shoulders. Like they just waltzed on out of the land with the produce of the land. They weren't chased out. But when they gave a report to the nation of what that land was like, they agreed. They said, yes, it's, it's a good land, and it's got abundance in it, and it's profitable and productive, etc., etc. And it's everything that God said it would be. But there's a piece in the contract he, we didn't look at. There's giants in the land. And it says, they said of themselves that we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, if the giants saw them, they would have most probably chased them out of their land. But they didn't see them. The Israelites just saw themselves, and their insecurity told them that we're no one before these people. That we're nobodies, we're small, we're little, we're inferior, we're lesser, we're incapable, this is impossible, this job is too big, we're not the people to do it. I'm a nobody, I don't have the right skills, I don't have the right voice, I don't have the right rhythm, I don't have the right message, I don't have the right looks, I don't have the right image. Probably already said that one again, that's a pretty, pretty big one. Don't have the right Facebook profile picture, don't have the right Instagram story, you know, don't have the best website. Bang, bang, insecurity over and over and over and over until it turned their hearts so sour 
power that they turned millions of people away from the promised land. Because the insecurity fox got in and wreaked havoc in their vineyard. It should, what should have been a united victory became an isolated defeat. It segregated a nation. It pulled a nation apart, brother from brother. And the insecure fox is like a spoiled child at a birthday party, can only see what it does not have. That person's got a bigger piece of cake, and that person got a flasher bike than me, and I want that kind of lolly, and I didn't get a helium balloon, and if I did, it's not as big as the other person's helium. It only sees what it doesn't have. It can't appreciate what it does have because it's fixated on what it doesn't have, and if it just had that other thing, then it would maybe, it would feel better about who it is. But security says, I'm happy with me. I may not be where I want to be, but I know I'm on the journey to get there. And I'm happy that I'm on the journey. So long as I'm moving, so long as I'm making some progress, I'm happy. It doesn't measure, it doesn't compare, it learns. But it is not looking to someone else's life as the pinnacle or the model for their life to be. Because no one else can ever be you. So don't rob the world of not being you. The world needs you to be the very best you that you can be. Don't try and be me. It's terrible. You try and be Sarah. She's awesome. But, uh, but you be you. But insecurity will tell you that you're not good enough. That if only you were like that person, or if only you had something else, a little bit of gifting, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of the X factor, or the person before you did a better job, or the person after you would do a better job. Like this, it breeds lies in our thinking. So we're going to catch this little fox because there's a remedy for insecurity. And Joshua found it. Because when we catch the insecure fox, we're set free to celebrate. We're set free to enjoy. We're set free to laugh, to give, to share, to love, and particularly to enjoy the success of other people. To celebrate other people doing well, to celebrate someone else's gifting, someone else's car, someone else's voice. You know, Jake got this new ute. I thought he had it on loan. And I said to him the other day, Is that, do you own that ute? And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you own that ute. Yeah. Like, it's so, like to see other people get awesome stuff, like celebrate it. Like, what we should do is the body of believers breathing in each other's wings, like go higher, go further, go bigger, go greater. And like not, you know, but don't let someone unnecessarily run off a cliff. So what insecurity does. Yeah, go, 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 because you know they're gonna drop. That's not that's not encouraging and empowering. So what's the trap? The trap to being insecure is courage. What insecurity Binds, courage sets free. What insecurity restricts, courage releases. Whatever insecurity shrinks, courage expands. And God follows courage. Psalm 23 verse 6 says this, that surely goodness and love will follow me. This is King David writing, you know, in this 
scriptures before that are, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Even when I'm walking through the most difficult times of my life, love and goodness are following me. Because I'm being courageous, because I'm stepping out, because I'm doing the things I don't want to do, but I know that when I've done them, I'll be glad I did it. That kind of courage that God is going to follow me. And when it came for the Israelites, for Joshua to enter the promised land after the 40 years waiting, the command that he gave to him is, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Moses told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And the people told Joshua to be strong and courageous. Because it was insecurity that kept them out. It was going to be courage that got them back in. And what's Insecurity may be keeping you out of a great marriage and out of a great business and out of a great destiny. Courage is going to get you back into your great marriage, back into your great uh, destiny, back into your great business. Because God follows us when we moved. And as they, there was in the promised land, there was no pillar of fire, there was no pillar of smoke, there was no manna from heaven. Their clothes and their shoes started to wear out. It was a shift from being led by God to being followed by God. And that may mess with your theology a little bit. Are we not led by God? Of course we're led by God. But God's led by faith. And it was time for them to go across the Jordan River into the promised land. And the priests, they picked up the Ark of the Covenant. Now, it's, it's a massive golden box, ridiculously heavy. And inside the golden box is the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone, also heavy, and a jar and a staff that budded, a few other trinkets. But essentially, and on top of it, a golden angels. Like this was a massive, heavy box. And the priests were carried on their shoulders. They'd put a big rod through the, the rings along this box, and they'd, they'd shoulder the, the presence of God. They'd carry the presence of God with them wherever they went. And it was time for them to go from the desert to the promise, from the past to the future, from the insecure into the courageous land, the promised land. And they got to the Jordan River. This is in Joshua chapter 3. And it says it was the season where the river wasn't flood. So the river's wider than normal. The river is deeper than normal. And the river is flowing faster than normal. Once upon a time, you know, 40 years ago, God split the, an entire ocean apart for them. So they could cross on dry land. But this time, God's following them. And as they start to move towards the river, nothing happens. And they get closer and closer, and they're like, none of us have life jackets on. And like, this is, you know, this is, we're in our, in our priestly garments, which are like wearing three dressing gowns at a time. Not practical for swimming in either. And they carry the presence of God. And as they let courage rise up in them. They walk towards the river and nothing has changed until they step into the river. And as their feet touches the water, the river backs up. The river stops flowing because God follows their courage. God follows their faith. And as you step out of insecurity and, and 
embark on this new journey of courage, I know that God is going to follow you and breathe life into you that he will respond to your faith as you pray to him and as you ask him for help to catch this fox of insecurity, you're going to find him breathing life behind you as you courageously step into this new world. The the antidote to something is is just not not doing it. The antidote to, to it is doing something in spite of it or doing something in replacement of it. Like you don't do it... You don't go to a doctor and be told, well, don't be sick anymore. You go to a doctor and you say, well, take this medicine, and it's going to put something in you that you're lacking that's going to give you what you need to get better. And so to say to someone, don't worry, is not helpful. To say to someone, don't be anxious, is not helpful. To say to someone, don't be insecure, is not helpful. We need something to replace an old action with, a new action to replace the old action with. So to get over insecurity, we replace it with courage. And we tell ourselves, I'm going to encourage that person, even though I don't want to, even though that person used to make me feel small or insecure or all nervous around them, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them that I like their dress. I'm going to tell them that I like his shoes. And it will feel so foreign to you. It will feel so maybe awkward. It won't to the other person. But this is what courage does. It replaces insecurity. And what insecurity robs and makes small and little courage breathes life into and makes it greater. And insecurity kept Israel out of the promises, but courage got them back into the promises. And what I know what insecurity's been keeping you out of. Maybe insecurity's been keeping you out of being vulnerable. Maybe insecurity's been keeping you out of, you know, having true, you know, relationship with your husband or your wife. Maybe insecurity's been keeping you out of getting on stage or, or serving or going and taking a new career option. But today we're going to catch the fox and let courage rise up within you and it's not going to put a golden path in front of you, but it's going to put the power of God behind you. When I took Oliver to ride his bike, we did it on a old asphalt tennis court. It's the best place to teach your children to learn to ride a bike because the fear of falling off on an old asphalt tennis court is far greater than the fear of falling off on grass. It's like riding your bike on a cheese grater. If you go down, you just like got stones in your elbows and your knees and in your hands. And, you know, it's great. It's like childhood memories, picking stones out of skin. But, uh, oh, boy, come on. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Why all the, all the men let the girls go, oh, but none of the men go, yeah. Right on the tar seal. But uh, I would, we had this, had this little bike, no trainer wheels on it. And Oliver was just little, and I would I'd hold the handlebar with one hand, and I'd hold that my the other one uh, would be behind the seat, and I'd drag him around the tennis court, and he would pedal a little, a little bit, and he would wobble, so I'd make sure he didn't tip over, and we'd go round and round the tennis court, me dragging him around. Come on, you know, teaching him and coaching him, um, because he was shaky and he was worried and he was nervous about falling off so we'd go round and round and round 
And then the shift happened. He found courage. And he started, those little legs started pedaling that bike on his own. And those little arms started steering that bike on his own. And his little body started stabilizing that bike on its own. And no longer was he following me. I was following him. No longer was I pulling him through. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you're all right. Come on, you know. No longer was I dragging him forward. I was running behind him. Go, you've got it. You're doing so well. You're doing so awesome. Keep pedaling. Keep steering. You know, turn a little bit. Go faster. Go slower. You know, and, and no longer was, was it dad dragging him. It was dad running after him. And this is the shift. This is the life I really believe God wants us to live as Christians, where He's running behind us saying, Go, run, you're doing awesome. I'm behind you. I'm right here. I'm not going to let you fall off, but you're doing it great. You don't need the pillar of fire anymore. You don't need the pillar of smoke anymore. You don't need the manna from heaven anymore. You don't need your clothes to last 40 years anymore. I'm taking you going into a new land, and all your needs are going to be met. And it's going to be so much better. Keep going, keep stepping, keep walking across the river. Don't stop in the middle, but they did, and they built a little monument. And then they kept on going, and they made it all the way across to the promised land. And he said, walk around. That I'm not going to just bowl over Jericho. You're going to walk around it seven times for seven days. And, you know, all sorts of sevens in there. And that city's going to fall down. I'm Keep doing it. Keep walking around. And He follows us as we step out in courage, as we step out in faith. The breath of God breathes behind us. And things stay in the past that should stay in the, in the past. And we walk into a great new future that He has for us. No longer does insecurity define us. No longer does insecurity tell us who we are, tell us what we do have and what we don't have and what we should have and what we need and what we could maybe get one day. But we have the voice, the breath of the Holy Spirit behind us because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I know where I'm going. We know where we're going and God's following us. And He's following you this morning. As you step out of insecurity, start to be courageous. Start to do the opposite to what you would do. You will find a whole new life, a whole new vineyard flourishes in front of you. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.